You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. I don't know if y'all heard, uh, they're actually flying me in. They want me to play on Saturday just to kind of seal the deal. So uh, it's going to be awesome, okay? Nobody got excited about that. What's up with that? <laughs> um, Man, it is super exciting. It almost, like, it's, it feels kind of perfect. I'm not trying to jinx them or anything, but it just feels kind of perfect. Like, we're, we can do this, right? Y'all with me? We can do this. I, I believe, man. Y'all gotta have some faith up in here. Um, speaking of perfect, I want you to take a moment with, with the people that are around you. If you're not around someone, then maybe you can scoot over for a second. Um, but I want you to take a second to discuss what would be your perfect summer day? Is anyone ready for summer? Hallelujah, amen, yes. So, and again, I realize like not everybody's in school. Some people like, you're in, you're in a full-time job, so summer is just another time of the year. But if you could think of your perfect summer day, take a moment to describe, I'll give you like 30 seconds each, what would that look like? And if you're listening on the podcast, then you can take a moment wherever you're driving or sitting there, take a moment, think about what would your perfect day look like in the summer? Ready, set, discuss it. Hopefully you've had a chance to, to, to discuss for a second. Now I want, I want a little bit of crowd participation. I don't want all the details of your perfect summer day, but maybe just give me one thing about your perfect summer day. A few brave souls to raise your hand. Uh, it's always, the, let me get some people from the, yes man, back in the back. The beach, yes, I, that sounds good to me, the beach, absolutely. Uh, Jumi. Summer classes? That's a perfect day to you? Man, hey, I, res- I respect you. I have a new level of respect. You must be smarter than me. Summer classes. Let's go for Jumi real quick. What a boss. What a boss. All right, somebody else, your perfect summer day. Bless you. Sleep, yes. And, and yeah, the idea of, let, let me see if we can get a witness on this. The idea of sleep as long as you want and they don't, uh, there's no consequences, right? There's no professor like, I'm marking you tardy. Your parents aren't like, you know what, you're home for the summer, you need to get a job. If your parents are like, you know what, you've worked hard all school year, you just sleep as long as you want. Like, that sounds good, that's not real, but that sounds good. All right, wh- what else, what else, your perfect summer day? Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible, get out of here. Okay, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> yes, sir. Fishing and swimming at a lake. Fishing and swimming at a lake. I know we got some amens on that. At the same time, so like swimming, like, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, sir. One more time. Oh, sleeping on a lake. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yes, yeah, we, keep, we have a theme of sleep and lakes. Yes, I like that. I think, when I think about, again, summer, I think be able, to be able to live in a way where there's not consequences, right? Like, just do what you want. Stay up as late as you want. It doesn't matter because you, you're free the next day. And that, that's part of the perfection. If anybody could tell us something about perfection and like having this perfect life, it would be Adam and Eve. Right? The, the Garden of Eden. Turn with me to Genesis 3. Uh, again, if, hopefully you know we're in the book of Genesis for the rest of the semester for the most part. But turn to Genesis 3 if you have your Bible. Adam and Eve, without a doubt, would have known about perfection. So first of all, they're in a per, they're in a perfect climate, perfect climate. They and it says the Bible says that in the in the cool of the day in the afternoon they would walk with who, 
God, that's pretty sick, right? Like, I count it a, a, a true joy and, like, blessing and gift when I get to go on a walk with my wife and kids. But I'm just saying it'd be pretty sick if, if God, like, literally was walking beside us, right? That's a whole new level of awesome. I get to walk with God in the garden. That's pretty cool. Um, God had all they needed right there. Think about that. God had perfectly and uniquely crafted, custom-made the garden for Adam and Eve. It's a pretty amazing place. Walk with God, it's beautiful, it's made for them. And not to mention, the text says, they were naked and unashamed, right? So I don't know what all that means, but I do know it means a little bit of bow chicka wow, right? Like, like they're, they're having a good time in the garden. Y'all are like, this is weird. <laughs> they're, ha- they're having a good time in the Garden of Eden. And, but you know, there's, there's one, if I'm honest, there's one thing that's a little weird to me. They have one restraint that's odd, and God told them they weren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which if I'm straight up with you, seems a, a little odd to me. Like why, in all this perfection, why the, why the one thing that they can't do? And you know, I can't help but think, because sometimes you don't know what you're missing out on until you give it a shot, right? Sometimes uh, you don't know if there really are consequences for something unless you give it a shot, and so you kind of, if I'm honest, I know me, sometimes it's like, what, what did it really be that bad if I, if I broke the rule here, right? Don't, lie, don't act like you've never thought that. Uh, sometimes you just need someone to kind of push you over the edge a little bit to kind of just even suggest, hey, have you ever thought about this? And luck, luckily for Adam and Eve, they had a little buddy that came in to help them consider this. Uh, it was Satan the serpent, a snake, a slippery little snake, right? <laughs> Slithered in to the garden And he brings out some good ideas to Adam and Eve. It says, now the serpent was more crafty, again, Genesis 3, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So first, Eve just kind of, she kind of helps Satan. He was a little confused. So she says, hey, look, no, he didn't say we couldn't eat from any tree. He just said we couldn't eat from the one tree in the middle, the tree uh, of knowledge of good and evil. He just said we, we couldn't eat from that one because if we do, we'll die. So she kind of straightens up his confusion. <laughs> I can't help but think that maybe for the first time, she's kind of thinking, why can't we eat from the tree? Like, what's up with that? Like, of all the things we can eat from, but but why why can't we eat from that one? Like, that seems kind of silly. I wonder why why we can't. If I'm honest, I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like, there there are some commands that God gives us that just don't make sense to me, that seem kind of dumb to me. Like, putting other people before yourself, being selfless. I I don't get that. Like plenty of people in the world seem to be doing just fine and they are rather darn selfish, right? So I don't get, God, why, is it really that big a deal if I'm I'm selfish? Why do I have to put other people first? Or another one that doesn't (laughs) make much sense to me while, again, there are a lot of them, um, 
I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's coming. Sorry, just a second. Selfish. This doesn't happen very often. This is the danger of not bringing notes up here. <laughs> um, it's coming. Give me a second. <laughs> this is a humbling moment. This is good for me. <laughs> Man, I'm totally blanking right now. Um, Thanks, bro. You guys are so kind. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Maybe this is a good thing. What are, somebody be brave. Tell me a command that you think is kind of silly and doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't kill people. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll go there. <laughs> Maybe he's switching seats. <laughs> I don't know if I want to sit by this guy. All right, yes, sir. Seems kind of odd, like, yeah, because God made all these amazing things, so it seems kind of odd, like, that we couldn't be excited about those things, too, right? Yeah, seems, seems a little peculiar. <laughs> what else? Yes, sir. Yeah, what's up with that? Some neighbors are jerks, right? Or just crazy. And God tells us to love them anyway. And it seems like, and it just again, it seems like the people who aren't loving their neighbors seem to be doing just fine. So I'm not sure like, why, why the command there. Like, I know plenty of people that are jerks to people that are loving to, even loving to them. They're jerks to people that are kind to them and they still seem to be doing okay. So, so why the command? Any other people willing to be honest? I went in the back. Bear your cross. Yeah, that's a little intense, right? Like if, why would I have to lay down my life for, for God? That's like, again, it kind of goes back to the selfless thing. Like why would I have to do that? Plenty of people seem to not be selfless and not have any consequences, so not sure what's up with that. You said something? Or somebody did over here. To not love money. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I like money. <laughs> Zach loves it, you're right, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, plenty, and again, plenty of people seem to be loving money and doing just fine, so why, why the command? I, I, don't, I don't quite get it. And, and honestly, it, you know, it, sometimes it seems like God's commands are a little bit extreme, like the consequence. Like she says, God had said, if you eat from the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, you're gonna you're gonna die, which that seems a little bit extreme. Like, I, I think maybe it's fair to think that maybe Eve is questioning as Satan asked this, like, are we, really, are we really gonna, really? Are we really gonna die? It seems a little bit extreme. And speaking of extreme, Satan pipes up and says, look, this is in verse four. He said to the woman, you will not surely die. Come on. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He says, look, hey, I, know, I know God loves you, but come on, you are not gonna die. You think you're gonna die if you just eat some fruit? Come on. And he, God just knows that you're, he's, he's kind of holding something. I know he loves you, but he's kind of holding something back. He knows that you're gonna know good and evil. Like, he's kind of holding something back from you. You know, I think, I think Satan's onto something here. 
Like, it seems like the consequence, like, I kind of wonder the same thing. Really, are they really gonna die? It seems kind of extreme, right? And beyond that, I think maybe Satan is onto something here. Wouldn't knowing good and evil be a good thing? So, like, kind of seems like God is holding back here. I, I, I felt that way before. Let's just, let's just, as an example, thinking about commands, sex, sexual sin. What? Is it really that big a deal? Like, are there really consequences for having sex outside of marriage or for looking at a little pornography? Like, is that really gonna be that hurtful to people? It seems like God may be just be holding out on something, right? Let's, let's be honest. Did God make sex? Yeah, remember last week, he's the creator of everything, right? So he made it, so shouldn't it be, shouldn't it be a good thing? It seems kind of like maybe, maybe he's holding out on something. I, I kind of get what Eve does in the very first part of verse six says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes, that the tree was desired to make one wise, so kind of slow, the story kind of slows down. Satan's been, been talking and now she's looking at it and she's like, man, that's some good looking fruit. How could something so good be so bad? That's gonna make me wise? Surely God is not really telling the truth. I mean, to die seems a little bit extreme. It may be a little overreaction, God, seriously. And is it really a command? Like, what do you, why would he really say that? Man, that looks good. I think we do this all the time, right? How could something that looks so good actually be bad? Being, sometimes, let's be real, sometimes talking about people feels really good. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Is hashtag chasing, is it, is it really that big a deal? Is it really hurting anybody? Kind of puffing yourself up and, and recognizing, just, just acknowledging that you're better than a few other people, that feels really good sometimes. Like, is, is it that big a deal? It says that she see, Eve saw that it was a good thing to be desired. And so she took of its fruit and she ate it. Ha! You know, I think Eve thought when she took the first bite, ha! Ha! God must have been lying, because I ain't dead. That sneaky little serpent he must have told me the truth because here I am and I seem to be just fine. So then she took the apple and she ran over to Adam and she's like, hey, honey boo bear. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on, but apparently God didn't tell us the truth because I ate some of the fruit and look at me. I'm alive. I think, I think Satan's telling the truth. He, he said that God doesn't know what he's talking about. We're not gonna die. It'll be fine if we eat it. And again, why is it really a command not to eat from that tree? And apparently 
God must be confused. Maybe God was just trying to hide something from us because I ate it and I'm fine. It says that Adam took the fruit and he ate it too. I'm not dead either. Can imagine them taking a few more bites, thinking, man, God must have lied to us. Satan told the truth. This, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, they look at each other. Oh my gosh, I feel, I don't feel right. I feel, I feel dirty. I feel, I feel ashamed. It says, both of their eyes were opened. All of a sudden, they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. All of a sudden, they feel guilty. We have to cover ourselves up. What's going on here? And, and then all of a sudden, they, they look for the serpent because I mean, he was right the first time. We didn't die initially, so maybe he can help us. And the serpent who had talked him in to eating the fruit is nowhere to be seen. So they're walking Oh my gosh, all of a sudden, it says, the next verse says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And normally when they would hear the Lord walking, they would run to him excited. Oh man, we get to go on a walk with the creator of the universe. But this time, what did they do? What's it say? What's it say? They hid themselves. They used to love seeing the creator, and now they cower in fear. Oh my gosh, we, we feel dirty, we feel ashamed. What is he gonna say? So God says, hey, where are you? They finally come out, or he finds them. He says, what have you done? I, I, I told you not to eat. Why didn't you believe me? What have you done? He says, he looks at Eve and he says, look, there's, down in verses 16, he says, there's gonna, you're gonna experience pain and there's gonna be dysfunction in families now. You, yeah, I know it was just one little bite, but you disobeyed and now, now the world is broken. You're gonna experience pain. There's gonna be dysfunction. And then he looks at Adam and he says, hey, your work is gonna be cursed and the earth itself is gonna be cursed. I made it good, but now it, it's broken just because of even one little sin. And then in verse 19, it says, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. Before they said, you will return to the ground. So, hey, look, you, you haven't died yet. He looks at Adam and Eve and says, you haven't died yet, but you're gonna die because you disobeyed. Verse 22 says, then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. They were kicked out of the garden of Eden. And I think it's fair to imagine that as they walked out of the garden with their heads hung in shame and confusion, that Satan stood over in the corner, yes, 
caught those fools. Yes, because he knew that he had just tricked Adam and Eve with a lie that he would present to humankind for centuries to come. That he had gotten God's most prized creation, whom he loved and cherished, to believe Satan rather than God. <laughs> to believe that there were no consequences for sin. But listen, there are always consequences for sin. There are reasons that God gave commands. He wasn't just making stuff up. He wasn't lying. Who was lying in this passage? Satan, that's all he can do. They chose to believe Satan rather than God and the consequences were absolutely devastating. When we choose to sin, we're choosing to believe Satan rather than God and the consequences are always devastating. <laughs> when we're selfish, there are consequences. Satan may trick us into thinking like everyone else who is being selfish and putting themselves first is doing just, is doing just fine, but the reality is, they're not doing just fine. See, if you think consequences is just getting caught, then you may be more deceived than you realize. <laughs> consequences of sin are far worse than just getting caught. See, sin, when you're selfish, for example, will turn you into a monster you never thought you would become because you end up only living, living for yourself and you can't even imagine living for other people. So you end up sucking life from other people. <laughs> sexual sin. Absolutely there are consequences for sexual sin. <laughs> I can name person after person and pastor after pastor who because of sexual sin have seen their lives destroyed. Don't buy the lie. Oh, it'll be okay, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. You will wreck your heart. You, you could possibly really twist and deform your future marriage. And you're gonna carry baggage that you wish you had never picked up. There are always consequences for every kind of sin. We could list them for hours and we wouldn't even come close to naming them all. There are always consequences for sin. Man, it changes your future. It changes the way that you look at people even when you don't realize it. It will wreck every aspect of your life. There are always consequences for sin. Moses wrote this to the Israelites as they were fixing to go into the promised land to experience new culture, new, you could even say, freedoms, new temptations. And he's saying, hey, don't buy the lie from Satan that there are no consequences. All of us, every day we're facing new opportunities, new freedoms, even different temptations of, within the culture. Don't buy the lie. It's interesting in this passage 
it looks as though Satan was trying to help them. He's actually trying to kill them. God is made out to be just kind of, he's kind of, kind of old fashioned, you know. He, he's out of touch with reality. While in fact, God was trying to protect them and save them because he loved them. Anytime you believe Satan over God, the effects are devastating. And what's kind of scary, Satan is really stinking good at temptation. Have you noticed that? He's like a good fisherman. He has lots of lures. What works for you may not work for the next person, but he just goes to his tackle box and he's got something different he can use, right? It's funny, I was talking with a couple guys, making sure I was not making this up, and they affirmed this is true. So when you go fishing, I guess especially with bass, this would maybe be true, but you go fishing, the fish, an experienced fisherman doesn't always just yank on the fishing pole as soon as he feels the fish bite. Sometimes he'll let the fish grab a hold of the bait, grab a hold of the hook, and then run with it a little bit. Not that it runs, but run with it a little bit so that the hook gets, just gets set deeper. How many of us in this room tonight have bitten hold of some sort of bait that Satan has thrown at us, and we're thinking, God was off, because I don't really think this is that big a deal. I don't think there's really many consequences for, for what I did. And all the while, Satan's going, I got you. And you have no idea when he's gonna jerk back on that fishing pole, and you're done. The beauty of the bait is never worth the hell of the hook. Never. Sin always has consequences. Well, it's kind of scary and trippy to think about, like even who, not trying to scare you, well, I guess a healthy scare, a biblical fear is good, but it's kind of scary to think about like who in this room in a year, five years, 10 years, won't be following God or will have their life in shambles because they believe they've believed Satan rather than God. I'm gonna trust that the Holy Spirit right now maybe is bringing some, some things to mind that some hooks that you've been biting on, just seeing the bait. <laughs> But my kind of invitation challenge tonight is for us to draw a line in the sand. 
because sin always has consequences. <laughs> so maybe tonight, we're gonna have kind of a time of just quiet reflection, but maybe tonight you're realizing like Adam and Eve, that your sin has separated you from God. And so just point blank, you, you realize you need a way to fix that because not just, you don't have just consequences, you realize like you just don't have a relationship with God. You've been separated, cut off from him because of your sin. So maybe tonight you need to turn to Jesus for salvation, realizing that he offers forgiveness and hope if you'll turn to him. And so tonight, maybe you need to talk with me, one of your Connect Group hosts or um, talk with Lord right with the Lord right now, and just say, God, I realize I'm a broken, messed up sinner who's bought or bit Satan's hooks, and uh, I need your help. Or maybe you're a Christian, and you're not even really sure of the bait that you've been biting onto. <laughs> you're not even aware of the lies that you've been buying into. And so maybe in a moment you just need to ask God to open up your eyes a little bit, to make you aware of, of where you're struggling but don't even know it. <laughs> Maybe some of you really where you're at need to kind of draw a line, not like we don't have sand in here, but kind of draw a line in the sand. Say, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I wanna quit giving into temptation. I wanna quit believing the bull that there's not consequences for sin. <laughs> God, help me to get serious about it. Help me to learn how to fight. And I believe he'll help you. I know this isn't like a real, woo, we're gonna leave and storm the gates of hell message. <laughs> but man, I want us to get serious about fighting sin and, and realize it's not a joke. And just for the sake of clarity, I've never quite given a message like this or the way I've tried to give it. So I'll say this just to be clear. I was totally playing devil's advocate at the beginning, right? I would 100% believe that every single command of God has a purpose and it's for our best and for our good. I was trying to maybe bring to your mind some thoughts that you've had that we all have, right? And realize that anytime I question the goodness of God or his love for me or his purposes and his commands, doesn't mean I'm the worst person ever because we all have those thoughts. As one uh, Haddon Robinson said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair, right? So if I'm choosing to believe those thoughts and those doubts about God of maybe he doesn't love me, so maybe he's holding out on me, so I'm gonna sin. And when I do that, I'm believing God, excuse me, I'm believing Satan and not God, and that never works out well. So if we could, before we do anything else, Robert, you at, would you just bow your head and just take a moment with God? Again, maybe it's to talk to him about salvation. Maybe it's to ask him to help you see sin in your life. Maybe it's to ask him to help you fight. Maybe it's you need to just repent right now. I don't know what it is, but we're just gonna give you a moment to kind of talk with God.
So <clears throat> earlier when I couldn't remember what I was gonna say, 30 minutes later it came back to me. <laughs> but the time is actually kind of cool. Another thing that I think I've been tempted throughout my life to question about God, like a command of his, is it's a command to confess our sins to each other. Not that like we get up here and we're like every Tuesday parade, right, here's my sin, but it's a command to, to confess and really end up with that idea to be vulnerable, to be honest about where we're at. And I think too often we believe the lie that we're better off keeping our sins in the dark. But like Matt Chandler said at Passion, you can't fight, fight the devil in the dark. You'll always lose, right? You win by bringing things into the light. When you keep things in the dark or act like, no, I'm good. No, I don't need your prayers, man. I'm okay. Things are great. And you're never vulnerable to people. You actually create a cave for darkness to grow in your heart. <laughs> Take you to some pretty sick places of selfishness, of loneliness, of sinfulness. And so, first of all, don't buy that crap that, oh, I just need to put up a front and I don't have to tell everybody how I'm doing. No, we need to be real with each other. Yeah, I think there's, there's context and you don't just bear all your crap to everybody, right? That could get weird, but it's good to have those relationships. And so, with that in mind, here's what I want us to do before we dismiss the connect groups. And by the way, if you're here for the first time tonight, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have to go to tell some people my sins. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna make you do anything. <laughs> I, I would encourage you if this is your first time to go to a connect group, I'll be down here in a moment and we'll love to point you in the right direction and just to go and have some kind of conversation about the message and maybe you feel free to be like, I don't know what that was about. Like, it's a safe place to do that. Um, or I'd love to talk with you up here if you're new. But what I want us to do in a moment, we're gonna go to our connect groups in silence just to kind of keep a reflective attitude. We don't normally do that. We're not trying to be weird, but just I think it's good every now and then to kind of keep the, the attitude and the, the heart of, of quietness. Um, and my challenge, going back to the vulnerability thing and confessing, my challenge is when we get connect groups to, to actually do that tonight, to actually be vulnerable, to actually be honest and real. And we're, tonight we're, um, you'll see when you pull it up on the app, the first, the first point is, that, hey, this is, these could be some tough conversations. So I'm actually gonna, in your connect groups, ask you to split up in smaller groups of guys and girls. That, that's the first thing you can do and then follow the questions from there. Um, but again, the challenge is to be open, to be honest, to be real. You don't have to bear your deepest, darkest secret to be real. You can still be real without giving every detail. At age 17 on May 3rd, here's what I did. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But I want you to be real. So I'm gonna pray for us, and then if you would, uh, we're gonna dismiss the connect groups in, in silence after I pray. And then again, if you are a guest and you would love to, I love, first I'd love to meet you, but also would love to help you maybe get plugged into a connect group, which is basically just a small group, a place to connect with God and other people. And I'd love to help you with that. So let me pray, and then we'll, we'll dismiss in silence. God, thank you for your word and the honesty of your word. <laughs> that sin has consequences. Whether we can see them now or not, they're, they're there and they're coming. Lord, I pray that right now, maybe you would even bring to our minds and our hearts, and our guts, <laughs> the way 
that we've already seen how sin has hurt and devastated our own lives or the lives of people we love. And God, I pray that those thoughts and even emotions would drive us to be honest in our connect groups. And Lord, I pray that tonight would not end in tragedy or with a just emotion of being tragic because we know that Genesis 3 was not the whole story. So God, while we wanna learn the lesson of consequences of sin, I pray that tonight that the hope of the gospel would drive our conversations and would motivate us towards action because we know that with the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the work of Jesus Christ in you, we can be set free from the chains and the condemnation of sin. So Lord, may we walk in a healthy fear of the consequences of sin but with a healthy boldness and hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we love you, and I just pray for honest conversations in our connect groups. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.